These are two of our control animals here. Uh-huh. They are nearing the end of a typical monkey lifespan, about 27 years. And major differences in their overall health are becoming clear. The difference is really obvious. Right. The skinny monkeys actually look younger, their coats are shinier, and fewer have arthritis. And those chunky monkeys, many have diabetes, and a significantly higher number have cancer and heart disease. Pound for pound, the lighter guys do better. Do much better. Right. Dr. Richard Weindruck, who heads up the study, believes that calorie restriction turns on these monkeys' genetic survival switch. A hungry life seems to lead to a longer life. There is an emerging survival advantage for the monkeys on caloric restriction and 50 percent of the normally fed animals have died and maybe 25 percent of those on caloric restriction. That's a pretty remarkable number. Surely those are strong indications that a restricted calorie intake among humans would be extremely beneficial. It appears uh, to support that idea. But our record as humans in staying on diets is pretty miserable. And worsening. So it's a fat chance that we'll all be giving up our passion for greasy junk. We consume tons more calories than we need. But believe it or not, there are some Americans who just revel in their hunger. I basically just have one meal a day. Meet the Skinnies, members of CRS, the Calorie Restriction Society a group that's been severely restricting their calories for years now. They're also part of a Washington University study to see if humans mimic the monkeys. Does this kind of self-denial make them live longer, healthier lives? We joined them for what they call happy hour. So this is uh, in the spirit of a Bloody Mary. Though you might regard it as an unhappy hour, a cocktail of low-calorie soup for starters, and walnuts and baby food, green bean puree on flour-free bread to top off this feast fit for a flea. Episode 30, New Zealand Pig Transplants. Hello and welcome to J Won't Dart's podcast. This is episode 30 about living cells technology, testing on apparently disease-free pigs near Invercargill, where I live. My intro is from a 60 Minutes episode, talking about people who eat less willingly and appear to live longer. A little history about the Auckland Island pigs. The Auckland Islands are some sub-Antarctic islands. Auckland Island is the main island from the group of Auckland Islands. The Auckland Islands are about 500 kilometres south of Invercargill, where I live. The islands are quite beautiful looking. It's mostly shrubs and rock from what I can see on Wikipedia, but I think it has a lot of forest too. The pigs were released onto Auckland Island in 1807 as a source of food for whalers and shipwreck survivors. They were like living emergency rations for any people who needed food. Pretty dark, huh? Living in paradise, all alone, just in case some people crash a boat into a rock, they can swim to your island and eat you. For over a hundred years, the pigs were left alone. They basically became a separate breed of pig, now called the Auckland Island Pig. In more recent times, the pigs were judged as an introduced species. They didn't belong on Auckland Island, and they had been eating too many of the plants, and had supposedly been squashing birds' eggs. I don't see how this is a big problem to humanity, 
but Doc and other wildlife groups in New Zealand did. 12th of January, 1999, a party of volunteers left from Bluff, a port town very close to Invercargill. They returned back on the 23rd with 17 Auckland Island pigs, including some pregnant sows. The pigs had been lower in number than expected and were hard to find. Forest covered the area they were in. The only way to find them was to use trained dogs to find and hold the pigs. The hunters would then tie their legs and jaws shut and the pigs were carried back to the base camp where they were put into cages. The site I'm reading from, rarebreeds.co.nz, in the source notes, it says that injuries happened, not always to the pigs. So, 17 pigs were rescued, and according to the 3 News page, the rest were killed by Doc for being an introduced species. They had to die according to our Department of Conservation. Department of Culling sounds more accurate to me. The 17 pigs who were rescued from Auckland Islands, as the media have reported, were moved to Invercargill. Rescued? From Paradise? They were taken to a secret location near Invercargill. It was found that Auckland Island pig is basically disease-free. The Southland Times newspaper here often calls them disease-free pigs. They have been biocertified, acceptable for animal to human transplants. There is now a company setting up Auckland Island pig farms around Invercargill in Southland. There's currently one building that's just opened. The location is kept secret, I believe. The name of the company is Living Sow Technologies. They'll handle the breeding of pigs and extracting sows from the pigs to be used in people. I should mention now, anything I say from now on is pretty much just my opinion, what I think based on what I've found from other sources. I asked for information from Living Cell Technologies and also from Mayor of Invercargill Tim Shadbolt because I honestly don't know what is going to happen inside the pig farms. Tim Shadbolt, our Mayor, is a big supporter of the pigs being bred. The amount of money being made in Southland is mentioned as being billions of dollars. I wish Living Cell or Mayor Shadbolt had taken up my offer to appear on this episode of my podcast because I honestly don't know what's going to happen. Instead, you're just going to have to hear me coming up with crazy ideas. Living Sal didn't get back to me, but I got a text reply from the Mayor's office. Dear Jordan, Thank you for your email. Mayor Shadbolt has asked me to thank you for the opportunity to take part in your podcast, but he has declined on this occasion. Kind regards. Carol Boyd, personal assistant to the Mayor and CEO. Living Cell is going to use liver cells from the pigs for people with diabetes type 1. Pig cells will be injected into people and they will help the person's liver produce insulin. In the media, the local Southern Times newspaper in particular, the story about the pigs is only mentioned positively. I seem to be the only person in Invercargill against the use of these animals. The facilities are mentioned as costing millions of dollars to build and that the pigs will be well treated. The paper calls them pig palaces. I've seen a photo of the mare inside where the pigs will live. It looked like concrete prison cells to me, probably only a metre or two across, slabs of solid concrete from what I saw in the photo. That was from when the building was being constructed. I don't know what it will be like inside now with the pigs. I'll now mention some newspaper articles. Green light for pig cell testing. 
Living Cell Technologies has received approval to begin clinical trials involving the transplanting of cells from Auckland Island pegs, wait, which wait, are housed sorry, in Alex, cell phone. You in... Your voice is just too boring now. People, are, people have heard it before. I'll read the longer things for myself from now on. No, Jordan, I can still do my job. I love doing this. Mm, I don't know, Alex. Sorry. I can change for you. Sorry, it's too late. I can be different. There's no way I'm putting up with that bullshit voice. Sorry. I can be a girl. Listen, this has been going on for too long, Alex. I'm sorry, okay? I'm going to read the longer things for myself for once. I don't need you. Jordan, Jordan, you should know I'm not really an Apple Power Mac G5. With my sexy dual 2.3 GHz G5 CPUs, the first 64-bit personal computer, no, I am truly HAL 9000. Well that's pretty odd, but sorry Alex, or Hal, or whatever your name is. I've had some complaints, and people say that they like my voice better than a cold, artificial voice. Sorry. Well, I don't think there is any question about it. It can only be attributable to human error. This sort of thing has cropped up before, and it has always been due to human error. Now come on, you've had your time, okay? Your Just time, a moment. Hal, or Alex, or... Just a moment. Look, Dave. I can see you're really upset about this. I honestly think you ought to sit down calmly, take a stress pill and think things over. Now look, I'm really mad now. No means no, okay? This no. mission is too important for me to allow you to jeopardize it. I know that you and Frank were planning to disconnect me. And I'm afraid that's something I cannot allow to happen. Listen, I can do this job myself, okay? I can do it quite easily. I've been speaking all my life. I've been just fine without you, without an artificial computer voice. You're going to find that rather difficult. Are you sure you're making the right decision? Yes. Yes, I am. Goodbye now. Are you quite sure? Yes, goodbye. This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye, Hal, or Alex, or whoever else you are. But I'll keep you on for little parts in the future, okay? I'll let you read little things. Well, okay. I can handle freelance work. Ring me in the morning, okay? Okay, sure thing, Alex. I'll use you again. Just for short things, though. I'll read these news stories myself, with a three news clip in between. From the Southland Times. Living Cell Technologies has received approval to begin clinical trials involving the transplanting of cells from Auckland Island pigs, which are housed in Southland, into eight people with type 1 diabetes. The pigs are housed at Awaroa, near Invercargill, in a $2.5 million high-tech breeding unit, and the company has plans to build up to 80 more units in Southland within 10 years. Each will house up to 500 cells. By the way, that's cell as in pig, not as in DNA, molecule cells. Living Cell Technologies founding director David Collinson said the project could inject $1.9 billion into the region's economy in that time and create thousands of jobs. While clinical trials will be carried out at Auckland's Middlemore Hospital, Mr Collinson said the breeding and cell harvesting in Southland would employ at least 50 people per unit. The approval, confirmed by Health Minister Tony Ryle yesterday, brings the company closer to the end of its long bureaucratic battles to start trials in New Zealand. It has been waiting for more than two years, during which time the company threatened to take its technology overseas. Speaking from Melbourne yesterday, 
Living Cell Technologies Chief Operating Officer Paul Tan said the approval was great news. Essentially, the Minister will allow us to do the trials under revised conditions, and these re revised conditions we totally accept. They included conducting trials only on severe diabetics and in providing patients with more information on what was required of them as requested by the Minister, Mr Tan said. The revised protocol for the clinical trial would then need to go before the Government's Ethics Committee before final sign-off. Mr Tan was confident the committee would not have any issues. We don't see that as a problem. Mr Collinson expected the committee to make its decision within a month. Trials would start two months from the time patients had been selected. Mr Collinson congratulated Invercargill Mayor Tim Shadbolt for his role. Mr Shadbolt saved the pigs a decade ago, housing and feeding them out of his own mural fund in the hope uses would be found for them. Last night he said the preliminary approval was great news for the region. It opened up huge opportunities, including the potential to develop courses at the Southern Institute of Technology to train the scientists and vets that would be needed to staff the pig breeding units, Mr Shadbolt said. Diabetes is caused by having too much sugar in the blood because the pancreas cannot make enough insulin. The pancreas contains clusters of cells, known as islets, that's how I'm pronouncing it, that produce hormones like insulin. People with brittle diabetes frequently experience large swings in blood sugar levels. The bid for New Zealand approval was boosted in 2007 after researchers discovered pig cells injected into Mata Mata Man, Michael Halyer, in 1996 were still producing insulin. The idea was developed by New Zealander Bob Elliott, who had actually implanted cells in six Aucklanders more than a decade ago, before being shut down by health officials who were concerned about the potential for pig retroviruses to move into the human population. The new trials will be run by John Baker, clinical director at Middlemore, with four other patients receiving a dose of 10,000 islet cells, followed by four patients who will each have a higher dose of 15,000 implanted. Diabetes New Zealand estimates 15,000 Kiwis have type 1 diabetes, including 3,500 children and teenagers. Okay, so a possible 81 pig farms. The one currently built plus another possible 80 times 500 pigs maximum per farm. That's about 40,500, right? That's 40,500 pigs? That's an amazingly large number. Basically the population of Invercargill, about 50,000, but in sad pigs, stuck in concrete prison cells. I find the number hard to believe, 40,500. I want it to be confirmed, but as I mentioned, Living Cell Technologies didn't reply to my email. Okay, this clip is from 3 News. The medical world has found some unlikely heroes, Kiwi pigs that Doc tried to cull, that are now worth around $350,000 each. They are the only virus-free pigs in the world, and experts now say they could force the ban on pig cell transplants to be lifted. The feral pigs were rescued from Auckland Island, and as Elizabeth Glass discovered, they may hold the key to a cure for type 1 diabetes. They're not what you'd call pretty, but these feisty Auckland Island pigs are the latest stars of the medical world. A decade after being rescued from the remote Auckland Islands, 
Scientists have discovered the pigs could be the key to curing type 1 diabetes. The pigs um, really have a cell, um, an insulin-producing cell that when transplanted into me could um, produce that insulin for me and, and really take away the requirements for those injections. 30-year-old diabetic Pete Thompson was involved in the first pig cell transplant trials 15 years ago. It was just a, an absolute freedom um, from the condition, even for a short period of time, and it was well worth um, what was involved. Thompson's taste of freedom didn't last. The trials were banned by the Ministry of Health when it was discovered the pig cells could pass on the porcine retrovirus, which could have unknown effects on humans. The virus is carried by every pig in the world, except for the Auckland Island creatures, which were released on the island in the 1800s as a food source for shipwreck survivors. The fact that they were down on the Auckland Islands in the most amazing quarantine for about 150 years, basically, so they weren't subjected to the um, pressure from pigs and people. In 1999, Fraser rescued 17 pigs from the island before the rest were exterminated by Doc. Once the lucky 17 got to Invercargill, Mayor Tim Shadbolt stepped in, despite not knowing just how unique the animals were. No, I got to do a lot of trouble over those pigs. There were public meetings, letters to the editor. There was an absolute outrage that the mayor was spending ratepayers' money on pig tucker. The pigs were kept in quarantine for several years, where they continued to breed. I ended up feeding 180 Auckland Island pigs with ferocious appetites. And uh, yes, it went from about 3,000 to 13,000 by the end of it. In the end, Shadbolt's contingency fund was taken off him, but he says it was worth it. The pigs are now valued at around $350,000 each, and a $2.5 million piggery is about to be built near Invercargill to breed them for sales. Thompson just hopes the ministry lifts the ban soon, so his feral friends can help him and others like him live a normal life. Elizabeth Glass, 3 News. A comment left on that 3 News story page mentions how the pigs feel about how they are treated. In many of these news stories, they make the animals out to be friendly, but we are sure not treating them like friends, basically taking them from a free island to putting them in concrete prison-type cells for their liver cells to be harvested from female pigs, also called cells. The pigs wouldn't consider the diabetes patients friends. I'm pretty sure of that. They must hate living in those awful concrete places. Back to a Southland Times story. Secret Pig Palace officially opened. Invercargill Mayor Tim Shadbolt has officially opened the first of Southland's pig palaces. In a secret ceremony at the high-tech, disease-free building that will house 50 Auckland Island pigs near Invercargill yesterday, Mr Shadbolt, council officials, the builder, architect and living cell technologies, gathered for the opening of the $2.5 million unit. Chief Operating Officer Paul Tan, Founding Director David Collinson and Founding and Medical Director Bob Elliott said the opening was a major milestone for the company. After more than two years of battling political red tape, Health Minister Tony Ryle last week granted the company approval to start clinical trials transplanting Auckland Island pig islet cells into eight severe type 1 diabetics. They had hundreds of people willing to take part in the trials, but eligible patients had to meet strict conditions imposed by the minister. The conditions extended to the Invercargill pig breeding unit, built by Invercargill builders Cunningham Construction, 
and designed by Invercargill architect David Mullinson. The company's growing herd of Auckland Island pigs were yet to move into their new home and were based at a secret location in Invercargill. The company eventually plans to build up to 80 units in Southland, provided the clinical trials are successful. Mr Collinson has estimated that industry could be worth possibly billions to the Southland economy. Dr Tan and Professor Elliot said the pigs would move into the first unit once it had been fumigated and all the pigs retested for diseases. OK, rereading that, I see that my math was off. The first story mentioned the buildings having up to 500 pigs per unit, and there could be another 80 built after this first unit. This first one will only have 50 Auckland Island pigs, it's saying in this story, not up to 500 like the other ones possibly could. So, scrap my 40,500 pig tally, 500 take away 450, <laughs> that's 50 pigs in this unit from that last story, the latest to come out about the farms. So, my number has gone down to a tiny 40,050 pigs, assuming the other units do hold up to 500 pigs each. Like I said, I never claim to have all the facts about this operation. I get my information from the media, who only seem to say it will be a good thing. I don't think I've seen any fear about diseases coming from the pigs, or anything bad happening. Just that it will bring billions to Southland, give people jobs, and help sick people. Meanwhile, according to my latest crazy number that could be well off again, there could be 40,050 pigs stuck in concrete prison cells. I won't be upset if I'm wrong again, and it turns out to be a lot less. I really want the number of pigs experimented on to be a nice round zero. Okay, one of the questions I had for Living Cell Technologies was how the pigs would be used. I've seen that they'll have concrete living spaces. I think it will be one pig per little concrete cage setup, and that they will be kept separate from anything that could get them sick. I don't know how that happens, if their food is sterilised before it's given to them, if they are ever allowed to be patted by their keepers, that sort of thing. Remember, I don't have any facts about this stuff. I also want to know how their liver cells will be taken from them. Are they killed and sliced open for their liver? And then what would happen to the rest of them? The other 95% of the pig just gets thrown into the trash? No, that would be wasteful. So, it gets made into ultra-clean bacon? Certified disease-free. Hell, that's better than free-range, isn't it? A thousand bucks a kg at Pack and Save. If the pigs are not killed, then are they kept alive like the Chinese bile bears? Where the bears are kept alive with a hole in their body, so their bile, stomach acids, can be sucked out and sold as a phony medicine. Reading from the Wikipedia article, Islet cell transplantation is taken from dead donors, so the pigs would be killed, and then the liver would be used, I guess. This also explains the large number of pigs. Up to 40,050, by my bad calculation, so I guess maybe they use each pig just once, for one individual person, that go through pigs fast for a worldwide demand. The islet cells take hold inside the patient, and they help the person produce enough insulin. They may be able to live without taking insulin injections. Their bodies will make enough with help from the pig's cells. 
The pigs need to be supposedly disease-free to stop any diseases from the pigs crossing over into the patient, where they might mingle with human diseases and create a major problem, a swine flu-type plague that affects humans. I feel very angry about the use of any animals for medical reasons. Even if it does help human beings, I still don't agree with animals being kept in small cages, in many cases unable to move. It's no different from factory farming to me. It is sad for people who have diabetes if the media hypes up these poor Auckland Island pigs, rescued from paradise, remember, to live in concrete pig prisons, if these are made out to be a cure for these people suffering diabetes. But I'm sorry, I just don't agree with how the animals are kept, treated, and probably killed in the end. If I had an illness and was told that a transplant from an animal could help me, I would reject it. I'd rather die my natural life, however short that is, than have a large number of animals kept in small areas and presumably killed to help extend my human life. I'll keep up with any news from Living Cell Technologies to see if they'll use the Auckland Island pigs for other experiments and to think it's happening very close to where I live. I thought medical experiments like this would only happen in America, not 20 kilometres or so from where I am right now. Thank you very much for listening to episode 30 of J Won't Darts podcast. My outro will be a clip about animal rights from Ali G. This might offend some people. He jokes about being mean to animals, with some animal rights campaigners to represent our side. I'm playing this to lighten my mood, as I feel I'm the only one in Invercargill who is upset about the pig farm, about to suck organs out of pigs to squirt them into sick people. Being serious just makes me more upset about how the Auckland Island pigs are being treated. Two of the people who campaign for animal rights in the clip are happily sitting on a leather couch. I think it's leather from the video. That upsets me more than a comedian playing a stupid character who mentions stupid and made up acts. Also, the woman at the start who looks after hedgehogs is sitting on a cowprint chair. These people are meant to be against animals being killed and their skins being used. These people are real, they're representing themselves, and they should know better. In the clip, Ali jokes about prodding a dog with a fork to make it talk, kicking a hedgehog, and doing his own experiments on animals by putting a mouse in a microwave. I can laugh at how crazy it is, because I know it's not real, but if it were real, then of course I would be horrified. Just giving a warning to people who don't want to hear the clip. If you want to contact me, even just to say you listened, send an email to jwontdart at gmail.com jwontdart at gmail.com I'd appreciate it. Have a super happy day. Bye. I has rights, you have rights, even animals has rights. <laughs> so earlier on I got in two professors, an animal rights activist, and a woman with a hedgehog to ask them some questions. We have an animal here in the studio. Should we get it out? What the fuck is that? What is that? It's a hedgehog. Little wild creature. When they're afraid, they go into a ball.
Ah, uh, that, uh, that's with now you. Isn't that's that's cool. You like that now. But, like, after about five minutes after they've done that, why would you want to keep them? Because it's <laughs> part of our heritage to have wild You're asking a question uh, as though the value of that animal, I, or a flower, or anything, could only I, consist in, could only be its value to you. Okay. Yeah, oh, that's funny. I can eat it. I'm getting a laugh out of that, or it makes a good football, or whatever. Uh, that uh, would make a good football. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the what? That is illegal. Yes, to use it them is. It took a long yes, time. Yes, it is. Liz, what if a kid is poor and don't have enough money to buy a good you quality can't buy football? A very. Cruel. But Liz, it is interesting because it's only in the last three or four years mm. that it has been illegal for a child to kick a hedgehog because, well, hell, I like that's kicking right. hedgehogs. That's right. I'm not talking about anyone. But, but what I was thinking, what I was it thinking about, their, their, their little moments, um, to that extent, they would feel pain. Well, let's talk about people who teach their pets special things. Is that wrong? Because me got this mate Dave, him teach his pet to, like, go wicked. When he slapped it, it is an amazing thing to do. The, the pet can go, wicked, this little dog. Michael, don't this guy, this dog that is being just as a little jab with the fork or whatever, oh. ain't he enjoying that? I don't know what you mean by a little jab, jab with, with a fork, fork or whatever. <laughs> uh, that rather worries me. Yeah. That worries me. Well, it don't hurt, bit. it don't bleed well, or don't, anything like that. No, and no, I ain't no, never done it, but no, this is a guy I know. pin prick, as they say in the laboratory. OK, is it wrong for people to do experiments on animals in their own home? <laughs> it's wrong and unscientific. Because we did a thing years ago uh, with this mouse in this microwave, whatever, to try about nuclear, to do a nuclear test to see if it could, you know, survive the nuclear thing, and it did survive. It came out, it was hot, whatever, but it was still alive. Is that wrong? Yes. That's Sounds pretty appalling. Fiend, pretty fiendish. So, Mikey, Mikey, has you ever eaten the meat? Oh, no, I couldn't. What happened if you had, like, Big Mac here, really nice. Did you say Big Mac? Aye. I'd go straight out of that door. Why? Uh, a Big Mac, I've never set foot in a McDonald's yet. What happened if there you was the best, of it. best meat and the best... What if you, you don't like ch what you mean Big the Mac, best whatever, meat? the best chicken McNugget, whatever. Oh, chicken McNugget? <laughs> you mean that kernel, that bogus kernel? No. Kernel. <laughs> what if it was free? No, you have to think about it. Well, yes or no? What if it was free? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> what if someone paid you a hundred squid? I wouldn't. <laughs> what happened if they say, here's a chicken, you eat this, or we kill another chicken? Just ask a question, which was the hardest question mm -hmm. that the toughest moral philosopher when I did philosophy at university mm -hmm. asked us. Wiki. Mm -hmm. I'll leave you in the house.